0: I recently sat down with Claude Noël Tollé, the co-founder of West Village Pottery and Antique Store, Le Fanon. Claude Noël describes her journey from the south of France studying political science, her 1980s rites of passage trip across the US in a world before the internet and social media, that led her to living, working and eventually running her own small retail business in the West Village. Claude Noël explains the backstory to Le and an opening it 34 years ago with her business partner, William, Import pottery, art, and antiques from the Provence region of the south of France. She also explains the changing fabric of the neighbourhood, a microcosm of New York and the world in the face of globalisation and gentrification. Claude Noel explains the challenges and resilience in a time of COVID, the importance of supportive landlords, loyal customers, and doing business over FaceTime and Instagram. We discuss the escalating rents that hit the neighbourhood over recent years. Her hopes for the future of retail in the West Village and the need for collaboration with landlords to attract retailers of interest and character and retain the appeal of the neighbourhood. Claude Noel also touches on the growing appreciation for authentic and artisanal products by a new generation of consumers. And finally, we talk about ideas for building better community between local retailers. Now, over to Claude Noel. Claude Noel. (laughs) Yes. Thank you very much for spending time today talking to us at Back the Neighborhood. Um, You're very welcome. It's a wonderful, charming store, and we can maybe get and talk a bit about the backstory. But could you, first of all, start with your story and what brought you to New York?
1: Okay. Yes. Sure. I uh, grew up in the south of France, in a little village. Uh, So quite a country girl, but I. Where in uh, the south of France? uh, Near Montpellier. Okay. Uh, But then I, uh, after high school, I uh, went to and graduated from political science. Mm. So I had this sort of broad education that destined me to, I don't know what. And that was the problem a little bit, what Uh to do afterwards. But just it happened that um, the last summer, it was very usual then, uh, which was 1982 one <laughs> to have like a sort of a rite of passage you took a big trip somewhere so me and a friend uh, came to the United States and each hiked from New York to Los Angeles and back Wow! on like an amazing trip I mean, it was. We the whole way. Yes, we chiked the whole way, and we met the most amazing, generous, beautiful people along the way.
0: This sounds like there's a screenplay. I know, right? I mean, it it was.
1: It's it's still so vivid in my mind. It lasted two months, Mm -hmm. two two and a half months, and in that period, I think we probably spent a week on our own meaning paying for our mm. own lodging the whole time people invited us and fed us Incredible. and it was an amazing and trip
0: because today if you said to a parent and two daughters going yes. hitchhiking across yes. the US, they'd be like ah, yeah.
1: ah. well back then they were not so keen on it <laughs> do yeah. i remember leaving my parents that uh, they took me to uh, took us to a train station and mm. they were in tears um but and anyway, the days
0: without mobile phones yeah, or any completely, so it was unbelievable.
1: You? When I when I think of what my poor parents must have gone through, because mm. uh, you know I was twenty, twenty one, and uh, they must have thought that's it. And we'll no, never no see issues her again. Along the way? Not Nothing. a single one. I mean, it was an amazing trip. That's really, incredible. it was. Uh, yeah, it was amazing.
0: And you must have seen the most extraordinary sights of going yes, across Yes, it was really. And,
1: and people were so um, curious about mm. us and uh, so generous with their time. They wanted to show us whatever was of interest around. I wow. mean, many of them, a lot of them, right? And we ended up staying for a week in Houston at uh. this guy's place. We ended up staying... Oh, uh, well, so it wasn't
0: just direct across. You
1: oh no, oh no, no. We meandered, yeah, meandered. a lot, and um, because whoever picked us up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes they said, "Oh, we live twenty miles away. You want to come and spend the night?" and mm-hmm. and it was all very. There was never any shady thing. We never felt mm-hmm. like there was any. You know, it was often uh, couples or whoever it was. I mean, there were many characters. Wow. Um But so it was. And it was neat.
0: Did you? keep in touch with anyone?
1: Well, I did for a little bit. And then (laughs) a couple of years later, I lost my address book, uh, you know, which was, of course, handwritten in a little pad. And I lost contact with many people so and it was you know it was another world back uh-huh. then because you didn't have you didn't have yeah. social media you didn't have cell phones you didn't have anything so no it was and i think that was part of the charm of the mm. of the trip is that it was of the moment mm. you met these people you had a great evening with them or lunch or whatever it was and then that was it you mm. continued the trip so there was an element that was extremely freeing about mm. it is you know it it was not like you made connection that anchored you and you had to like keep in touch it was very Mm -hmm. very free like so free i've never felt so free in my life than during that trip well
0: so um so how did you end up in new york so that was that Mm. right
1: so that was the summer i believe of 81 then i went back to france because i was supposed to do a uh, um you know continue my 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 study do a PhD or yeah. whatever and then I went back to France and I thought France was so little I felt <laughs> so like <laughs> you know that I, I had enlarged and everything was so shrunken and so I toyed with the idea and finally committed to the idea that I was going to leave again mm-hmm. so the following year I got rid of my apartment, my car, everything I had, and, uh, and decided that I would come and stay in New York for, for a couple of months or three months or whatever. Mm. And that's what I did. And I got a job after like a week. I was a waitress somewhere. Of course. And, uh, and uh, even though I had never mm. waited a table before. And I uh, fell in love with New York, of course, which at first New York had daunted known- me.
0: Not exactly New York of today, in no, 1980s it was, New uh, York, a very yeah, different it was 19,
1: city. Yeah, it was 1982. But again, there was, um, you know, a charm mm-hmm. of, about New York and, uh, you know, like what we still feel today, these relationships between people mm-hmm. and this uh, uh, willingness to help and to...
0: Do you remember which neighborhood you lived in?
1: Oh, yes, very well. Well, I, I uh, you know, of course, as a European, you're always attracted to the West Village. Mm.
0: Oh, so you moved to the West Village, first Well, all. so
1: first, no, I had the trip before. I had made connections through people I, who had picked me up in Arizona mm. with people in, who lived in New York, who were actors and lived in Hell's Kitchen, <laughs> which then was yeah, Hell's, Hell's Kitchen. Kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So I stayed with them for about a week, but it was like a cot on the floor. Mm. So, so then they knew a friend who had a spare bedroom. So I rented the spare bedroom, and that was in um, uh, what is it called? Something Hill, Gramercy Hill, or in mm. the thirties on the east side, oh, like Clinton Hill, Third Third Avenue in the thirties.
0: Cl- oh no! Um, oh yeah, uh, I know where you are. Up by. Um, Near Kipps Bay, yeah, that area, yes, yeah, okay. So I
1: lived there, but I had I, uh, I I had been told that the West Village was where all the restaurants mm-hmm. were, so that's where I had come to uh, to find a, a job. Mm-hmm. And at my job, I I got a couple of jobs. One was a real restaurant, and because I had never been a waitress, it was a little challenging. Mm-hmm. But then I found on Greenwich Avenue and right here by Bank Street there was a little restaurant. That was called Chez Brigitte and it only had a counter and they could sit like 11 people. That was it. And uh, I got a job there. So that was very manageable. And there you made friends very easily because people were right Mm -hmm. there at the counter. So I made friends with a, a, a girl there and she had a spare bedroom and so I moved with her, which was on Waverley Place, like two blocks from here. Perfect. And that was my, you know, my settlement in the West Village. Uh, <laughs> and I've never really left after that.
0: Oh, right. So you didn't go back after your three months? Well,
1: no. So I, I mean, I, I, I didn't leave the West uh. Village when I lived in New uh. York. No, I had to go back, you know, after like four or five months because mm. I had my visa, visa yeah. was up. So I went back to France and, you know, I was living out of a big knapsack. Mm. So I took that back. And then the moment I was in France, of course, same, the same restlessness mm. hit me. And I said, oh, I can't be here. I'll go back again for three, four months. Mm-hmm. I came back. That lasted maybe, I don't know, a year and a half of back <laughs> and forth. And after a while, I thought, OK, I think I'm going to stay mm-hmm. here for, for a bit. And uh, finally, you know, made, made peace, tried my uh. parents to make peace with it, which I, I don't think they ever really did. Uh. But, uh, but that was that so um and then so i was i i you know i had studied political science so i couldn't remain a waitress all my life although it was so much fun and uh, you know always cash in your pocket mm-hmm. and uh, going out you know the the good life of the 80s but then after that i um i worked briefly for a bank mm-hmm for a representative office of a bank. And also through that restaurant, I had met uh, William, who my partner in the store. And he had this idea of doing something with France. He was very enamored with French. France. He's American, mm. but he had studied uh, one semester in Paris and had fallen in love with France. And he loved everything French. And so the two of us started to talk about doing a business that would um, be connected with France and it would help me justify going back and forth to ah, France. Because I, I had, I, it, it, the funny thing, I was very close to my parents. So I needed to see them uh-huh. like on a very regular period. So I needed something that gave me an excuse. And after a couple of years, we started to import furniture and did some shows. Mm-hmm. But it clearly, you know, it was clear that we needed a space to show what we, whatever we had mm. and this little space right here became available they had just renovated the the building and so the rent was reasonable we mm. thought hey let's give it a whirl and that was 34 years ago
0: and le, le was born <laughs>
1: exactly le Fanion was born at this corner and we've never moved wow and i live two blocks and he lives two mm. blocks away so we have really always remained extremely local mm-hmm. wow
0: so you must have seen a dramatic change in the neighborhood from the those across those 30 yes. years. Yes,
1: and the change of the neighborhood, I think, is the change of mm. the city mm-hmm. and the change of the world in general. I mean, the way when I go to Paris, it's changed a lot as well. I mean... You know, when we say that the village has changed, I think the world has changed a lot so you in 34 years.
0: So saw the impact of globalization on the West Village, changing yes. demographics.
1: Yes, exactly, yes. Changing complexion of yes, the type of stores. Yes, that yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it used to be much more quaint, yeah. much more local, much more affordable. The village, I think, was always a little bit more exclusive mm-hmm. than, you know, the East Village or the Lower East Side or... But you could still live here. I, I lived here on, on, you know, not much money, mm-hmm. uh, all things considered, which uh, now, if you're new to the village and you decide to live here, it costs a lot of money to live here. Well, so,
0: Just eating out.
1: Yeah, I know, just eating yeah. out, which before you never really... I mean, I speak... You know, it's funny because I have... A, a Few friends, of course, who are of my generation and who've lived in New York since the '80s, and we sometimes reminisce how little money you needed to uh, go out. You know, well you I
0: remember when I moved here in 2010, I was astounded at how uh, much more affordable eating out was compared to London.
1: I, I used to hear not, that, right? Not anymore. Oh, not anymore. No, it's oh, changed. I know. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very different.
0: So, um, so before getting talking about the sort of the changing fabric and mm-hmm. complexion of the neighborhood could you just um describe it's clearly it's uh, pottery and and ceramics based and furniture yes but you bring it all in from provence yes
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we go shopping there so it's very hands-on to the liberal yes well yeah. in part yeah. <laughs> but so it's very hands-on because we're two partners mm-hmm. and uh we both go shopping and it means going to buy things from the artists who make things now, uh, you know, going, picking it up, packing it and shipping it. And we do everything. We absolutely do from A to Z everything.
0: Wow. So you, so, so in terms of the the customer base, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about um, the year since COVID yes. a- actually hit. Yes. Uh, it's obviously devastated the retail sector. Oh generally. yes. Oh
1: yes, totally. Uh,
0: A lot of people left the city, Mm -hmm. so you must have seen um, a large number of your customer base leave the city, yes, and therefore business disappear. And obviously, you had to close during the lockdown.
1: Absolutely, yes. How have
0: you managed to um, be resilient and survive through that? Well,
1: you know what has helped a lot, of course, is that we have been here for a long time, Mm -hmm. and therefore we don't have debts the way you might have if you are starting a Mm -hmm. business right so that helped. we we you know we dug into the savings um because we've been here a long time we are respected by our landlord and he's cooperating with us about the rent which, again, helps tremendously, Mm. of course. So So, so
0: really important to have a supportive landlord.
1: Yes, and we used to have two part-time employees. We don't, but Mm. they are getting um, um, employment Mm. benefits. Um, Unemployment benefits, sorry. Mm. Uh, So that's what has helped us. Also, because we do have a large base of customers, Mm. and our customers um, come from all over the United States. Uh, we've kept in touch with that. Uh, and again, because we've been around for a long time, we yeah. have this base and we emailed everybody saying, we're we're around and we're here. So then people reached out. So the
0: importance of having a good email list. Yes, exactly. Comes into its own. Well,
1: definitely, that's when you see the reward of doing the... the, the the, the duty, you mm-hmm. know, every every day, every month, keeping, you know, we ask people for their email if they want to be, you know, keeping your business yeah. uh, going more than just the instant sale really uh paid for us and you realize so would you in say time that
0: uh, you are not just reliant on foot traffic passing the store that you have clients that are n- not in yes. the city
1: yes well so these clients often you know because it's become such a thing uh which is something very different uh from like when i first uh, was in in new york in the 80s and even 90s Uh, back then there was very little tourism Mm. uh, in New York the way we have now. It's not until, I don't know when, the 90s, mid-90s maybe, that tourism got developed. Before that, you didn't really have uh, tourists. Now, the population, when you ask before the difference, Mm. uh, in the West Village, you have a lot of very young people who live here. Uh, So they don't shop because they live in studio apartments, Mm. sometimes two or three. Uh, but their parents come to visit. So that's Mm. often who buys here, is the parents of the the kids who live around. So these parents now are reaching out from wherever they live. And that's when we appreciated having gotten also a bit savvy with FaceTime Mm. and, you know, this sort of video meeting. Mm. So we take people on tour uh, with FaceTime. Brilliant, Yes, and, and it's funny, everybody loves it. Like two years ago, if we suggested, oh, we can FaceTime with you, they were very reticent. And now everybody's so willing so, and so happy. If you'll
0: FaceTime with customers. Oh, yes. And they'll say, I like that piece. Yes, yes. It's, it's taken. Yes. That's brilliant.
1: Yes, so... FaceTime commerce. Yes, absolutely. Wow. And something we never thought we would do because we have you know, we're not like stuck in mm. wherever, but we you know we sell mm. antiques and mm. we care for a certain organic style of living we deal in clay in wood you know it's pretty um, pretty down to earth what mm. we do um so presub- but we have to adapt
0: so presumably those sales are with um, existing customers yes there wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a new customer for the first most time. of
1: the that's that's uh-huh. existing customers so that's where i said you know um, having been here for a bit, mm-hmm. helped because they reached out. Although we've we've gotten a couple of new customers as well mm. who found us, I forget, maybe mm. through Instagram.
0: Do you promote your, um, let's say, your FaceTime commerce on Ooh, your website? On our Instagram? website, yes. You we say, say we, can, p- we
1: can FaceTime with you, yes. That's brilliant. Yes, and the most unlikely people, this uh, mm. adorable um, older couple mm. in Maryland all of a sudden appeared on FaceTime one day and uh, they are in their mid-80s or something like that. And this. you just
0: got a call out of the blue?
1: Yes. And, uh, oh, no, they no, they no, so they call and they said, oh, where, you know, they, they told me who they were. Mm. I remembered who they were. And they said, on your website, it says you can FaceTime. Can uh-huh. we FaceTime? I said, sure. <laughs> and we did. It was the most charming visit.
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. It's yes. the first I've heard of anyone doing... Um, some form of commerce based on. Oh that.
1: really? Yes, we do that. I, I
0: mean, do you have people having saying they've got their preference? Oh, I'm on WhatsApp. I'm on FaceTime. Yes, exactly. Signal. Yeah, mm. yeah.
1: We did once. We did Zoom, but mm-hmm. usually it's what's it's WhatsApp and FaceTime. But a lot of people have iPhones, and uh, you know that's what we do. Brilliant. And it's really they, so. That's the good
0: side of the global village.
1: Yes. Well, you know, um, the only thing is. We're not sure we can justify if we if that's the way it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we justify a ground floor store that costs yeah. lots mm-hmm. of money, right? Okay,
0: well, that's a good point. What's your hope going forward? Um, as the complexion of the West Village has changed, the retailers have closed. Many have moved online during COVID. What's your sense of where the future is going to go, or what would your hope be for the future of retail in the village?
1: Well, I mean, there's gonna be a point, and I think. Our landlord seems, is probably aware of this, Mm -hmm. that in order for landlords to charge a lot of money for apartments, for lodging, I'm not talking about the townhouses, Mm -hmm. that's another issue, but even that, you know, you're going to have to have something of interest in New York, Mm -hmm. because if there is nothing interesting, why live here? Why put up with the traffic noise, the pollution, the whole this? You you need to have Mm -hmm. something, right, that... That justifies it. So, mm. at some point, there's going to have to be some collaboration, some awareness that they need to sustain mm. something of interest mm. in, 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 that in Manhattan. That just doesn't
0: become a homogenous street full of global brands, yes, because, brands. Yes, because,
1: you know, if you are selling generic stuff, then that you can get anywhere yeah. online and it's delivered to your yeah. door. You don't have to carry it. Why, you know... Mm. I'm not going to name name, but why why go to this place when you can order it online, mm, right? Yeah. So you want things that are unique. And that's what always made the West Village very charming is that, I mean, I remember when Bleecker Street had just very lovely stores.
0: Yeah, so going forward. Um, so yes,
1: it's going to need um, a little collaboration. Mm-hmm. And... Um, um, because you need something of interest mm-hmm. you know, in order to, to uh, attract, attract people. And, you know, another th- thing that has changed. So there, there's been this, you know, COVID-19 that hit us a mm-hmm. year ago. Things had started to change before that in the West Village. Um, you know, there was a big hospital right here, St. Vincent's Hospital that closed.
0: Was that the one on 13th and, and 7th? 7th Avenue, yeah.
1: so it was huge, right? And a lot of the doctors lived around here. And there was more of a.
0: Why did it close?
1: Uh, I think, you know, money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody wanted the space, and they built some very fancy housing instead. Um, so, you know, there was a, a population of mm-hmm. of, of uh, professional people who lived here. So they disappeared. That changed the demographic. That helped already to change that, right? Did you notice
0: a change when oh, that yes. closed? Yes,
1: absolutely, wow. yes. Because That's... you had and many businesses that were around there that catered, like small restaurants or delis, mm. closed because there was not that population of, of people buying their lunch. And uh-huh. you know. So there's been some different changes, and, and the commercial rents went through the roof. I can't tell you what date exactly, mm. but I think it was in the early 2000s the commercial rents I live on Bleecker Street the commercial rents went absolutely absurd what do you think drove that well I guess because, you know uh, I don't know an abundance of, of money and I suppose
0: demand of global brands yes, wanting to have a presence on Bleecker yeah, Street
1: yeah mm. um, it's hard to like say it in a few words mm-hmm. what it is it's a combination I've, of I've words, heard um, right?
0: a number of people talk about the impact of Mark Jacobs coming in
1: yes and well, because, yeah, you get like someone and, you know, publicity and Marc Jacobs mm-hmm. saying, oh, this is the best place where to be, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Then he opened like three, four stores, something like that. And, uh, and and you know, there was actually a Marc Jacobs across the street here mm-hmm. and there was another one there. Mm-hmm. And then on Bleecker, there were two or three. And then Ralph Lauren, <laughs> of course, showed up. And, you know, they all showed up. And because they have endless, you know, mm-hmm. deep pockets. Yeah. They, we had the same issue here in my little space. One year when we were uh, renegotiating our, our lease, the landlord told me there was a big name who wanted my space. And I told him, I said, well, how can I compete? You know, it's just me. Uh, but then three years later, everybody else had left. Mm-hmm. Marc Jacobs left, everybody left, and I'm still here.
0: So what do you think um, compelled your landlord not to go with a big name? I think because he's smart, Mm.
1: because he's he's in it for the long run, and I think he's smart in knowing that if he's got an empty space or a space that because you rent to a big name, they Mm. have no loyalty. Like he knows, I've been here. You know, back then it was maybe fifteen years ago when we had this discussion with my landlord. I had been here already a while. He knows I'm steady, I'm here to stay, it's mm-hmm. my livelihood, I'm not yeah. moving anywhere. These big names, they come in for three, four years, and then if it's not the place where to be anymore, they move on. Uh, he has a lot, my landlord, I believe, owns a number of apartments in the neighborhood. He knows that he is, he's a smart mm-hmm. landlord, yeah. he's wise. You know, it's many generations, and they are wise. I think they know, well, we need mm-hmm. something that looks good that makes the neighborhood look good and then people will want to rent an apartment nearby because they'll say oh it's near that pretty store or you know interesting store Mm -hmm. whatever your store might be right and i think they are aware of that Mm -hmm. and the same at the moment they are working with us they were working with us during the, the the lockdown because they thought, well, the last thing we want is an empty space because then people will start m- moving out of their apartment.
0: Yeah, so, no, yeah just it's just a knock-on a effect. It's a effect,
1: yeah. absolutely, yeah.
0: What are you hearing from customers or other just local residents about underlying issues that need to be addressed in the in the neighborhood? Is there anything else?
1: Well, it's hard to um, to get really an impression um because you know when you're in business you don't always want to go to the negative so Mm -hmm. you avoid certain topics what has been pleasing me here though is to see um, so for a, a while a number of years ago I don't know how long five six years ago maybe something like this we seem to be more ignored than we are now and it seems like young people now have Again, an awareness mm-hmm. of what uh, unique items, handmade mm-hmm. items, and things that are purchased to last for a while—they seem to value this again, which is really beautiful That's to good. see. Yeah. Because, um, like the population of the West Village at the moment is very young, mm-hmm. and so and and because there's no tourists, it's the people that we get in when we get people in, and they seem to really appreciate and 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 value what we're doing uh-huh. is what they are you know they 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 just yeah appreciate the quality of what we're doing which is which is nice
0: i mean that's um sustainability yes. is obviously um i think there's a con- a global consciousness yes. uh, particularly young amongst younger generations but not just exclusive to no the need for more conscious consumerism yes mm-hmm. and you know we're not gonna see disappearance or the death of capitalism anytime soon (laughs) i don't think (laughs) albeit there's a lot of people writing about beyond capitalism but we do need to have more circular economies and sustainable um supply chains whether it be in food for food security or it be in um in fashion particularly in fashion Mm -hmm, which is the mm -hmm. second biggest pollutant on the planet um I mean what's your sense of um you've got something that you are buying things that last um hopefully lasts a long time and they are antiques and you therefore it's core to your business mm-hmm. but at the same time you still have to sell you have to um import um how do you where do you land on that and how do you do does it is it something that people talk to you about or ask you about about just- sustainability and the circular economy and resale and do people say oh i don't want to have this anymore can you help resell it for me uh-huh. do you ever have people doing that
1: mm, occasionally not much mm. and uh we we don't because mm. we um we're not set up as a business this yeah, way too. you know it's uh, whenever we've thought of it it's a little bit like you know two step forward mm. one step back so we don't do that there are um, places in new york that do that in the city right yeah. or sometimes there is street fairs mm-hmm. uh, where people can sell i've i've seen my pottery being mm-hmm. sold for a song no on i was the street, I, right? I was down on
0: um <laughs> that's interesting so you've seen it yes i've seen it wow because yes. i was in um i went in to set up an appointment to interview uh someone at the uh the thrift store uh underneath the church on Hudson? Oh,
1: yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. One of the, yes. l-
0: the most delightful thrifts. And some of the items they've got in there, yes. they're marvelous. Well, and you know,
1: from the neighborhood, yes. Which, yeah, I mean, that's where I <laughs> yes.
0: probably expect you've probably been a few items from here yes, sold in probably. there. probably. So that's an interesting. So yes. It is and good. It's reassuring that you're seeing um, a generation of uh, consumers that are more appreciative yes. of things that last. Uh-huh.
1: And, have and, and my position also here, mm. I'm a little bit in between uh, two worlds because... Uh, there is the people in France that I care for a lot, the artists uh, yeah. that uh, are yeah. all friends Give, of mine, giving right? Giving them
0: a market, and yeah. and
1: and so you know the idea is not to to re- recycle mm. what they make, but yeah. to buy f- new from them, uh-huh. you know, because they need to live too. And I have a bit of a mm. I have a bit of uh, you know loyalty, mm. a connection to them. They they depend a uh, bit on so, us.
0: I mean the range. Um, I mean, you have here here across the south of France. Do you ever or have you ever been tempted to look at artisanal connections from other markets and even the U.S.? Or are you just no. purely focused on? No,
1: because it was always um, we wanted to be specialized because uh-huh. we thought that would give us that unique, that unique uh, trade. Yeah. and uh, And it's unique because being from there i have connections that are a bit unique uh, because with some of these artists they Mm -hmm. they they can be peculiar and and difficult to Uh work with (laughs) and um, you know i remember many years ago visiting one of the potters and uh and i told him i was based in new york he said well i hope you're not taking things to new york because i to the states i don't want to sell (laughs) to america and (laughs) you know they you have to you have to work with people Uh sometimes um and so no it's always been we're from the south of france and that's it and it's it's probably you know what has kept us here we have a a, it's very uniform it's very uh very homogeneous what we sell i think
0: um one of the things we're um talking about from part of the reason for interviewing people is to understand the systemic issues that are causing the neighborhood not to They've damaged the fabric yes. of the neighbourhood mm-hmm. over recent yes. years. Yes. But what can be done to improve the fabric of the neighbourhood, particularly for residents and for retailers yeah. and for small businesses? And one of the things we're talking about is just the the connectivity between businesses, whether yes. it be mm-hmm. restaurants, retailers, small businesses, a forum where people can mm-hmm. exchange and mm-hmm. share ideas and see if there's um, people are dealing with similar issues. Yeah. Or exchanging knowledge tips of how they've resolved issues sure and are, are you seeing any forum or formal network well for so that the, the of funny
1: thing? thing i find maybe before i was less in tune with it but mm. it seems like since last year this crisis has brought on more of a uh, a desire to connect with your your neighbors your mm-hmm. fellow business people and That's there's good. been several i mean you guys for mm-hmm. one yeah. right uh, new york sideways and different uh, the west village um, um, uh, landmark association uh-huh. uh, different historical preservation society the different places that mm-hmm. seem to reach out to um, mm-hmm. to business owners And so that has given us a little bit of a platform to express ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's hard in a city because we're all so busy that, uh, you know, you go from home to your business and then you rush Mm -hmm. to do whatever your Mm -hmm. private life demands. Um, There's one thing that is, you know, that... As a French person, I find it really strange that it's lacking here. Mm-hmm. And often in France, that's where you meet your neighbors is in the local uh, food stores. Uh, and there's so few food stores here. I mean, you've got like a couple of supermarkets that true. are mm-hmm. of whatever yeah. quality, you know. <laughs> but there is no small food stores, you know, mm-hmm. your local baker and your local uh, grocer that's and really cheese seller. I mean, there is one cheese cellar, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's it, it's just there is no food stores. Like sometimes I live here. I said, oh, I could use like a piece of bread. I have no idea where to it's go. It's
0: really interesting you say that because um, I moved from the West Village to Williamsburg and where I am in Williamsburg on Broadway in Bedford, there's a wonderful butcher uh-huh. called Marlowe and Daughters. Uh-huh. And then they have um, um, like a small restaurant called Marlowe & Sons. Uh-huh. And then next to it, they have Diner, which is their diner. And they, they bring in all their... It's like going into a 1950s butcher. And they have their cheeses and it's wonderful. Yeah. It's uh-huh. it, it's all locally sourced. It's from grass-fed, mm-hmm. um, um, sustainable, organic, mm-hmm. highly priced. Yes. But it is that type of place where not now because you're only allowed three right, in at no, a time yeah. but it's exactly what you're saying yes. it's a classic butcher shop yes. and you want mm-hmm. to have a cheese shop as well you yes. don't want to just be going into a whole foods yes. or exactly. a d'agostino's exactly. to get your cheese and
1: that's all there is here so the, we have a butcher mm. here in the west village now mm. uh it's called charles and hudson i don't know if you know it
0: um where is it
1: on hudson and charles between charles and Tenth. And it's a wonderful same grass-fed... Oh, I, have to go, I have to go and check it out. Yes. Then. I haven't seen that one. Yes. And, okay. and it's a wonderful place. And, and again, it's you now two persons mm. at a time, so you don't talk about we do, <laughs> though, though we do have to get to
0: a point where we're beyond meat.
1: Yes. Um, where we're getting, yes. whether it be... But, but so that's a butcher, but that's it. Uh-huh. It's him. Yeah. But, so there is no baker. The baker would there be... There is no yeah. grocerer. You know, mm. if I want, I don't know, a bunch mm. of carrots or leeks, I don't know where mm. to go. Like on my way to work, I have to so walk opportun- all the way to So that's to an opportunity avenue.
0: then. So if there was a conversation with a, co- a co- let's say we could get a conversation going with a collective of landlords and say, look, you need to create spaces where locally sourced, yes. sustainable food is yes. available, whether yeah. it's cheeses, um, yes. plant-based meats, yes. <laughs> or uh, lab Base, whatever they're calling, is it, are they calling it clean meat? The ones that are, they're developing, coming out of labs? Yeah, I'm not sure sampled.
1: about that. I think I'd, I'd rather eat vegetables <clears throat> than this stuff. But. Well, the CEO <laughs> of
0: Tyson Foods said recently that if we can have a market without using uh, killing animals, then why wouldn't we? Uh-huh. And I think okay. that's the way the world's going to okay. go. But but certainly bread. yes and cheeses yes. I think that would be an amazing addition yes. to any neighborhood yes
1: and, and and I'm not so people say well there are delis but delis mm. you buy a bag of potato chips or mm. whatever a bagel me I'm talking about the ingredients to make your meal right no it's,
0: just, it's like I went into <laughs> uh, Marlowe and Daughters yesterday night just before 7 because I was going to have um, um, a mozzarella and tomato and avocado salad with some prosciutto and some focaccia mm, and I just got good and I got my fresh focaccia yes. and uh, two bits of um, uh, two bits of focaccia and some uh, prosciutto, and that was my dinner last yes. night. Yes. And it was freshly baked yes. that day. Yes, wonderful. Yes. But can you do that in the West Village? Can you oh do that? Oh my goodness! You'd think, In Chelsea. Right? And it's and You'd it's think.
1: That. I mean, there, especially. Yeah, I don't understand mm. why it's not done. I mean, in France, it's so common. In Paris, you yeah. still have local. Mm you know local little shops like Mm -hmm. this where you go and buy you know okay there's an idea of of cherries and you know when they're in season or whatever (laughs) right
0: we found our action point there so that's it (laughs) um (laughs) local grocery yes local Um,
1: groceries i'm all for that
0: (laughs) okay so you've if if there was a forum though or there was some sort of um platform where you could go and see all the 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 people in the neighborhood that have stores that maybe you didn't know Mm -hmm. and there was a means of messaging them and saying hey I'm dealing with this with my website Mm -hmm. Um, or let's say it was um, um, something complimentary to your store Mm. let's say it was a a store selling rugs Mm -hmm. and you wanted to reach out to understand Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. they've got a customer base you could exchange emails Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. could do a joint promotion Mm -hmm. is that the sort of thing that could be of value to you?
1: yeah I don't know because um, I'm just
0: thinking in terms of collaboration between retailers, mm-hmm. if you have to come together and support each other mm-hmm. rather than be working independently and just yeah. thinking, you know, you're all competing for the the limited yes. dollars in people's yes. wallets. Yes. Um, but at the same time, you've got vested interest to mm-hmm. support each other and mm-hmm. to help yes. build a better... Yes. Neighborhood. I'm just thinking that maybe there's a way. I haven't got the answer at the moment, yeah, but I'm yeah. I'm just thinking and Yes,
1: I, I I don't know. Um I'm, I'm 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 might not be the best one to talk uh. about this because I'm very independent. Uh, uh so I, I'm hmm. very self reliable yeah. and independent. <laughs> so. That's fair enough. No? It's 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 hard for me to 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 think Mm-hmm. in ways like this. Mm-hmm. Um, my When I think of uh, a community, mm-hmm. a neighborhood, a community, I think more, uh, you know, again, in that French way, there is a local cafe and yeah. you go there after work and you talk about your things there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't well, maybe know that's how... A-
0: Maybe that's the answer then. And maybe it needs to be a community space where there can be monthly um, meetups for local businesses to talk about issues yeah, over wine. Yeah, either that
1: or, you know, if there was... And, and again, um, you know, it's funny because you've said before, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not about uh, mm-hmm. leaving a capitalist society, mm-hmm. right? But if the city really cared uh, about us Uh right about its people which it should because that's what makes the city is the people right there would be a little more um you know you'd call it whatever now there is like the department of parks i have something called recreation centers yeah that are uh, completely under financed and and in dilapidated state, mm-hmm. but that's whatever. Uh, but you know, like you have your your uh, local library, maybe mm-hmm. you have so a space where wherever where you would have because it's often food and wine that, or you know, food mm-hmm. and teas. The social know. lubricant. Yes, yeah. that that brings people together, right? Rather than making it a monthly uh, yeah. meeting, which might not be the day you're free or the uh-huh. time or whatever have a space that belongs to the city mm-hmm. and have a little cafe there mm-hmm. where you can go and, and, and linger and then you would meet people this way. Yeah. Uh, I remember many years ago when I was first in New York, um, I wanted to learn Spanish and there was a great place that was called uh, El Taller Hispanico and it was uh, called uh, the Spanish workshop. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a loft in the 20s somewhere and they had a cafe. In uh, very basic, you uh-huh. got probably tea and beer or something like that, and you would hang around there and you would talk. And I learned Spanish this Brilliant. way. And it was really neat. It was laid back. You could take classes and you could wait there, and and it was some, It it was very, um, you know, it brought people together. Mm-hmm. And I think if there was a space like to this, do that. yeah, and okay. there could be, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge, yeah. a huge place. You know, it could be a space on the empty spaces in mm-hmm. on Bleecker Street.
0: Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. I was a last question was: Is there anything that um you'd like to see exist in the neighborhood that doesn't? You just answered it. So.
1: Okay. That's great. Yes. Yes. That would be my thing to you know have mm-hmm. a, a space where you know you can go and who knows mm. who you'll meet there. Yeah. And it's open to say only business owners. Yeah. That's cool. You know, you could have a, a card. You could pay a you could pay a contribution, mm-hmm. an annual fee to belong. You know, nominal. Yeah fee, and, um, and you would have access to that space. local
0: business. It's it is interesting that. Like a um, community
1: space. It's, a, yeah. it's
0: like a community center for yes. local businesses. And that
1: I would, you know, go more. I, mm. To me, that's something that would appeal more than a, a, a meeting somewhere.
0: It uh, is interesting because I'm a member of um, a co-working space mm-hmm. uh, called Neuhaus, which uh-huh. is there for creative community yes. on West 25th Street. Obviously, before the pandemic, it was an amazing way to create serendipitous connections with people. And they had events and brought in speakers and uh, screenings. And although I'm still going, there's not many people go there and it's different. And they've lost that uh, that engineered serendipity. But I think if you look at um, places like that, and even I was interviewing recently the executive director of the New York Arts Club, i uh-huh. And talking about how they create events as well for people to come together in the uh-huh. artist community. So I think having something that is city funded, mm-hmm. local business meetup space yes. for yes. business owners, yes. I think could be a marvelous addition yes. to the yes. to the neighborhood.
1: And I'm sure it doesn't have to be a huge space because no. at any given time nobody not mm. too many people probably would be there. And if there was a need mm. for bigger meetings, they could be hosted mm-hmm. in different places, right? But
0: uh Sounds like that's novel. definitely definitely the action item oh, of the right, day. Sure. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um Claude Noel Wonderful. Thank you very much. You're very I welcome. The My
1: pleasure. It was fun. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>